0: You're listening to the Soar Above Cancer Podcast, episode 58 Memory, Focus, and Decisions Brain Fog of Cancer Thrivers, with your hosts, Gabrielle and Alex. Hello, fellow cancer thrivers. Welcome to this week's episode of the Soar Above Cancer Podcast, a podcast dedicated to finding the strength to not only survive a cancer diagnosis, but thrive at living one's life with cancer. So, today, as was indicated in the title we are talking about brain fog but i'm not going to be doing too much of an introduction just because i think we'll cover a lot in this episode which already has a lot to cover so maybe we can go straight into what does a chemo brain or a brain fog what is it like really
1: i know for me just looking into it and experiencing a lot of it is really just The change of thinking and cognitive abilities when you go through your cancer, a lot of the times it's the difficulty with maintaining attention, things like remembering certain things, trouble multitasking, working with numbers, keeping a train of thought. Those are a lot of just the symptoms of brain fog. And a lot of that is being caused from your treatment, lack of sleep, fatigue, uh, changes in trauma that come from, I guess, changes and a lot of the stressors that come from that. So those are just kind of some key examples of sort of what brain fog is and how it sort of relates to cancer, at least the way I look at it.
0: No, that, I, I would agree with that, mm-hmm. with those examples of brain fog. Um, the official definition, let's say, let's say um, we found the one from merriam Webster, which says uh, that brain fog is usually a temporary state of diminished mental capacity marked by an inability to concentrate or to think or reason clearly.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So that's more maybe like the theoretical definition. Absolutely. That kind of goes with all the examples you've given. I also kind of did a, a little bit of research on what other terms I used for to, to kind of talk about brain fog. Okay. So, of course, there's the regular chemo brain one. That a lot of us use. There's the brain fog, the mental fog. Um, there's cognitive dysfunction. If we're going into more a theoretical and, and scientific kind right. of term, and then there was another one that I kind of found interesting and I had never heard before, and it's co- it's clouding of consciousness. Okay. Which was a nice, like, more metaphoric way of talking about brain fog.
1: Yeah, it makes it seem a little bit more. Not real, but and not believable because it's a thing, but it makes it seem like very, yeah, very scientific, very, yeah, I like that. That's interesting.
0: And also very temporary because, like, clouds yeah. just move by. I don't That's know. That's true. I-, I like
1: that. It's a good point.
0: <laughs> I kind of grabbed onto that one, and, and I really liked it.
1: And it's good because clouds are of different sizes, too, because sometimes you actually have, your brain fog is a lot more prominent. Sometimes it's just little things that you have trouble with depending on, your, you know, your sizes of clouds. So that's actually a very interesting, like, analogy and definition.
0: Yeah, I thought yeah. it was a good analogy. Yeah.
1: <laughs> and then looking at, looking to at the, I guess, timeline for brain fog, a lot of people claim frustration because they are experiencing it all the time. But it, it can occur at the first signs of treatment. It can occur throughout the treatment at any point. And I know a lot of people, including myself, feel it when they're still post-treatment and they're still going through sort of the regular routine. A lot of the sort of symptoms linger on. So it's not something to get frustrated at. It, it is prominent a lot in a lot of those stages of, of cancer.
0: Yeah, definitely. And it also, I know some studies have reported it being present even before treatment. So possibly due to cancer or the trauma of, of a diagnosis or all of that. So now that we
1: have some of the definitions of chemo brain, brain fog, cloud of consciousness out of the way, we want to discuss some of our stories and experiences with brain fog and how it sort of affected us. So did you want to start us off?
0: Yeah, I like brain fog stories because yeah. sometimes they're, they can be very funny. Frustrating yeah, exactly. too. Uh, funny. Oh yeah,
1: but in retrospect, pretty funny.
0: <laughs> yeah, so I think one of, one of my best chemo brain, I used to call it chemo brain, I like, I prefer brain fog just because it's more encompassing because you can get that brain fog even though you haven't had chemo. Um, so one of my brain fog experiences was actually during a chemotherapy treatment specifically. And I was trying to ask for a banana. Like I, I was hungry. I I ate so much during my chemos. Anyway, I was asking for a banana, but that word was not happening I I could not think of the word banana. So what would come out was plain. And that 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 was my first really encounter with chemo brain and I got really frustrated. Later on, I that day I wrote like a, a little poem about it. I'm not going to let everyone suffer through that one, but it really did impact my my experience with cancer because I was faced with forgetting the most basic of words, the like probably one of our first words as yeah. children. And I couldn't remember it. And that was frustrating for me. But in retrospect, it was funny because I was <laughs> calling a banana plane. Absolutely. <laughs> but yeah, so that thing would be one of my... My most okay. funny experiences with cancer—not that it's hilarious, but
1: no, no, but it it, it is funny that it that it, and it, like encompasses exactly what brain fog is, yeah. right? Just like yeah. a lapse in memory for like just enough time to to make it funny for me. And I know a lot of people probably go through this even without brain fog and without going through cancer. There's been times, and uh, not specifically, I can't think of a specific time, but where I'm downstairs. And I want to go upstairs, say for my book, I want to go start reading and I get upstairs and I look and I can't find my charger. So I finally find my charger, go plug it in and walk back downstairs without my book. And I sit down. And I'm thinking, OK, well, I went upstairs for this specific reason and now I don't have it. And then I go back upstairs and I'm standing in my room completely lost. I have no clue why I'm here. And all I want to do is scream because I have no idea what I'm even doing upstairs. So that's that was brain fog in a sense that I know I wanted to do something. And then in the 15, 20 seconds it took to get from one place to another, I don't know what it was. So that and it still happens. So I don't know if that was just a symptom of my, my mindlessness. I don't even know if that's a word. But the idea that I can't even think of what I'm doing or I think a lot of it had to do with going through that, that chemo brain, that brain fog, because it was more prominent during my treatment where there'd be two or three times in the same period I'd go upstairs and look for something, and I would do something else and get distracted and then completely forget what the reasoning for that was. And it's frustrating, and it's funny now, but it was obviously a frustrating experience to go through.
0: Yeah, in retrospect, again, it's, it's not as bad as it seemed no. in that moment, but there's a difference between not paying attention And not being able to remember because it wasn't like during chemo, especially, and like right after, like for maybe a year after, chemo or brain fog was very prominent. And it wasn't just me not paying attention, which is my problem sometimes now. Right. Right. So that was frustrating because it was my body not being able to do something, not me choosing not to do something correctly
1: yeah yeah absolutely
0: during chemo I did go to school and then after right after chemo I went came back to university in Ottawa and that was a significant challenge when we talk about brain fog because I was having to remember all these things and to think and to make decisions and all of these things by myself and that was very hard as a as a university student not being able to do that and I've heard a lot of other people either working or going to school struggling with that piece and having needing accommodations or to find tricks for themselves to kind of go through that so for me brain fog became uh was a trigger for me to ask for help when it came to university which was a great thing um So that's another experience I think that less funny but more (laughs) realistic that I had to deal with when it came to brain fog.
1: No, and I can I can relate to that because going back to school, one specific class I remember was like a strategic management class that I went through, and a lot of it was open discussion, not necessarily reading from a from a from a textbook, things like that. So it was we were sitting in a room that was essentially a big U, and we would have open discussions on questions, cases that we read. And I just kind of sat there and took everything in because I'm thinking I can't put all of these conscious thoughts together to form this big idea. I'm kind of just trying to focus on memorization and things like that. So that was very not traumatizing, but it was definitely overwhelming because going back to school and having to have a discussion with someone and not being fully aware of what you're reading and and, and putting like a full paragraph together was daunting. I had sort of accommodations for me going to my exams and things like that, which was very nice. And, it, and same thing sort of prompted me to seek help. But even that class specifically, I kind of just wanted to every week push through it and, and sort of sneak through without having to, to talk too much because it was very overwhelming at the time.
0: Oh my gosh, I feel that – or I felt the same way, and I still do. But like – not being able to process a discussion and then having to respond to something you've not yet processed or processed. The amount of times that I blurted out a comment, like five minutes after the that conversation was done, is ridiculous because just it takes that long to process. Yeah,
1: yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I know.
0: Okay, well, those are some of our stories. We would yep. love to hear all of yours, of course. Um, I actually... I find these stories interesting because that's not necessarily the first thing that doctors will talk about with you is they're not going to discuss how you're going to feel and how how incompetent you might feel. Not that you are, but but I know I felt that way. So hearing these stories and putting these stories out there and saying, you know what, I felt the same way for me is is great and a powerful tool that we have to to get through that process. Absolutely. Yeah. So our next topic is really... So from a, a literature point of view, a, more scientific, I guess, literature point of view, there are contradicted, contradicting messages that we get. And what do we make of that? Is it... it do we believe that... What we go through in regards to chemo brain is more of just a made up idea, or can we trust that what we're feeling is actually true, and and we're not making it up?
1: Yeah, and it's hard because, like I like even mentioning earlier, I see when I discussed my example, is that really chemo brain or is it just my absent mindedness? Right. So like even now I'm sort of considering whether I've experienced it or not. And I can go off of what I felt, and I do feel that there's been times I had brain lapses and I just couldn't really work as quickly as I wanted to when I was studying. It would take a lot longer than I thought it would when it normally would studying pre-cancer diagnosis. So even just things like that, you're a little slower in your cognitive abilities. So I feel it's, it's believable. And a lot of the times I go off experiences of other cancer thrivers that I meet. At conference, there was a lot of people that liked to talk about it. It was this huge topic of discussion that everyone was like, oh, I feel the same way. I can't believe everyone else you know, has this experience. So being that there's so many people that experience it, and a lot of times they would exp- they would tell stories and then just casually refer to, oh, yeah, that was just brain fog, and then move forward, it seems like this very prominent topic in the cancer community. So the way I see it is that it is this very real thing and a lot of people that don't maybe go through cancer may have some similar aspect of it because i know the the idea of this maybe more general term of cloud of consciousness is a very real term not necessarily caused just by by cancer a lot like we brought up just the fact of lack of sleep stress things like that definitely make it known and make it very bring it to the forefront of our minds. So, I think it's a very real thing and that's kind of the way I look at it. I don't really consider it too much to to be sort of a myth or anything.
0: I remember sitting in a a presentation and I was I was a part of a a research group that's focused on oncology. And they brought in a researcher that talked about brain fog. So kind of dysfunction in young adults. And they had studied young adults versus with cancer versus young adults without cancer. And they did not find significant proof that chemo brain or that brain fog was a thing. And I kind of sat there. Kind of shocked. I was a little frustrated because they were telling me that what I felt was not real.
1: Right. Right.
0: And I remembered all of the stories, kind of like what you said, of people talking about brain fog and it being such a prominent topic within our community. Um, The two didn't match. And I researched it a little further afterwards. And what I found interesting was the notion or the idea that maybe the tools and the questionnaires that they used to kind of check if we have kind of dysfunction or not, they might not be accurate enough or the right ones to use in this context. So that was interesting. So yes, the studies, some range from yes, brain fog or brain fog is a thing to no brain fog is not a thing. For me, they kind of, you can find a study that proves it and a study that disproves it. Mm -hmm. But maybe... We can't necessarily, as as people, as cancer thrivers, dismiss how we actually feel, and and kind of work with that because forgetting it and telling us we're we're imagining all of this isn't gonna help anything. I don't mm-hmm. think it's probably no. just gonna make it worse because you're gonna get anxious and and try to manage it without the proper tools. But
1: yeah, yeah, right. not and not to discredit studies or anything. It's just when no. you when you experience it, it, it's hard to kind of see the other side right I mean it's firsthand experience is the way usually to learn things best so when you do go through those experiences it's hard to kind of to walk away from and discredit it as as being a thing I don't know that's the way I see it
0: and I just think maybe studies need to to look at the concept in a different way yeah to kind of learn how we feel about it and what we think and maybe it isn't what is typically a brain fog. Maybe it's something mm-hmm. else, but the symptoms are real. If you ask me, yeah. or we've heard <laughs> we have exactly. to prove from other people. Yeah.
1: <laughs> so moving on, we like to discuss the idea of of the trauma that's associated with cancer and how it affects brain fog. So is it important to consider all the trauma that we go through that associates with cancer and that it has an impact on? brain fog so things like memory things like retention processing decision making etc
0: that is my opinion i think trauma has a huge impact on what we call brain fog and on trying to make decisions and retain it uh retain information and process informations and all of that because when you hear the words you have cancer i your brain somewhat shuts off Maybe maybe you don't think so, but you are kind of hit with so much information, all of this this traumatic experience that you know you're going to have to go through or that you might have to go through. For, so for me, that's an important part of brain fog is that trauma and that anxiety and, and sometimes depression and all of these feelings that go with, with cancer.
1: Oh, yeah. Well, I know, pe- pe- like shock victims, are you can vis visibly see that they're not thinking properly, and a lot of the times, like exactly, their brain shuts off. They, you don't, you look at them, they don't look like they're all there. So already, that's kind of how you feel when you are told you have cancer, and the subsequent couple of days or weeks, pro- like afterwards. I know, I don't know if I was in shock necessarily. I just don't think I took in the whole experience until a couple months in you really truly feel like you're in this this scenario now and you have to work with it so it does the, the idea of trauma does really affect it and you mentioned the the idea of anxiety and depression those are big when you deal with cancer and a lot of the stress that comes along with that I, I developed anxiety a lot during the treatment and luckily would managed to sort of grow out of it when I finish treatment but it's very prominent when you go through it and when you're anxious a lot of the time you're not focusing on one thing you're not focusing on the present you may be thinking about things you have to do in the future and putting more effort into that and that means you're not in the present and you're not being mindful of a lot of the things going on so you may not have that memory and the retention and and the proper decision making that you need to have to make decisions in the present so There's a lot of factors that go in, and obviously the idea of trauma and stress does have a big impact on the way you see things and the way that brain fog really has that toll on you for for the the present moment.
0: Of course, though, we're not going to leave everyone today, regardless of what we said before. There are things that you can do to aid or prevent brain fog, which is the exciting news is that People deal with it every day because that's kind of what cancer thrivers do. We just deal with it. So, Alex, do you want to start by maybe sharing a few of the ideas that you have to aid or to prevent brain fog? Sure,
1: sure. So, a couple of things that help, I guess, dealing every day with brain fog really is just using devices or make, like memory aids to kind of help you in your everyday, right? Things like when you're cooking, making sure you set timers, uh, making sure you write things down. A lot of people leave have grocery lists just because they need help remembering in a general sense. So there's no harm in writing things down that you need to remember making notes. A lot of the times it definitely helps to have people around you, especially when you go to like the appointments. A lot of the times you can't really take in all the information and there might be something that you may gloss over. And that may be a family member or a friend that you've brought remembers. So when you're going into your actual appointment, those are a couple of things that help. And then using, using calendars is very helpful to organize not only maybe your day, but your week and your month. For me, when I was going through school, I had a big McMaster University calendar and I wrote down all my exams and all my special things and events that I had to do. And I think a lot of university students do that. And it's very beneficial, not just for university students, but just just an everyday average person, because then you have your whole month written down on a calendar and then you have nothing really to worry about. You can always just refer to that if you have any problems remembering problems, understanding what your, your day looks like ahead of you. And some strategies maybe that I looked up to kind of help with mental ability is repetition. So just repeating the same thing over and over again to a certain extent, you usually have that stuck in your head afterwards Uh, avoid multitasking that's something that's obviously people on average have trouble doing is multitasking and if you can focus on one event or one activity at a time you you should have all your cognitive ability at least focused on there so even if you do have a little bit trouble remembering things you don't have to balance a bunch of different activities at once and again, just like working out physical exercise and eating healthy, that's something that definitely helps. When I do a workout or I go to the gym, a lot of the times mentally, I'm very clear. When I was in university, I used to work out a lot before having to study just because, right, you, you get out of your head, you're, you're fresh and you take a shower and then you start studying and that's your, your, your head's usually really clear after that. So those are just a few things that, that kind of help.
0: Yeah, those are great. I'll yeah. just, I have some to add. Sure. So first is check with your your local organizations, uh, like cancer organizations or online or with your cancer centers for resources that might be available on Brain Fog. There could be classes, um, resources, like documents that might really help and give you ideas on how to manage that. I would also suggest that you get the help, whether professionally that's okay. Or just from friends and family and kind of sit them down and say, okay, you know what? This is really becoming an issue for me. This is what I need you to do. And can you help me with that? There's the idea of keeping your mind active. So, Alex, you talked a lot about like tricks to kind of remember things. It was funny this week, one of my roommates suggested that I don't bring a grocery list. To the grocery store so that I could practice my memory because I don't have a great memory still. I did not do that because <laughs> I, I did not want to go back to the store if I forgot something. I have right. to walk there or to bust there. So it's too much of a, a hassle to not bring it. But the idea is interesting that when there's no pressure on you to remember something or to practice or whatever, then... Try to do something, a a small activity to kind of get your mind going and to practice memory and processing and all of these. Lastly, I would say that you have to practice patience when it comes to brain fog and you have to become very patient with yourself because the more you get frustrated, the more it is difficult to maybe remember things. So that's where that those would be my recommendations or yeah. my suggestions. I say I should say yeah.
1: these are a bunch of great tips for for yeah. from both of us. I think hopefully to help.
0: Yeah, hopefully, yeah. and I think we can probably use them a little more too.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I think everyone, even not going through cancer, can yeah. use that because yeah. there's so many times I think I just forget things, and yeah. it's always good to have t- tips to kind of help with that. Exactly. So our final question of the day refers more to what we can discuss with our oncologists and healthcare professionals. So what would we want healthcare providers to know about our personalized and our common experiences with brain fog?
0: Ooh, that's a big one. If I could say one thing to my oncologist, we should do that every show, really. Yeah, yeah, exactly. (laughs) But in this context, I think I would like to tell them that, first of all, warn me. It would have been nice to have a warning that that was a side effect. But then once we start, if we start having symptoms of brain fog, then understand that it is hard for us to accept that. I think especially as young adults, we're meant to just, going to university, we're meant to memorize how many pages of review for an exam, how many formulas or names or dates or whatever, depending on the the subject you're studying. Now, understand that for us, not being able to do that and not being able to perform to what society tells us we have to perform at, it's hard. And them maybe recognizing that and working with us to deal with that side of cancer can be an interesting way for us to be able to manage and accept that this might be our reality for now and that we can work towards something else. And then finally, I think I would say just help us. Like there are things that oncologists can do or suggest or all of these they have the power to help us deal with chemo brain or brain fog or however else you want to call it. Just within the context of the appointments that we go through. Either repeating stuff multiple times because I know I would ask the same questions over and over again. And I still do ask the same questions.
1: Yeah.
0: And repeating patiently for us um, Taking things slow or encouraging us to take notes or to record or to have someone present. Those are all things that they can push for that can help us indirectly with chemo brain, I think.
1: Yeah, yeah, I like that. I mean, for me, just my experiences was different. I think in the sense that I, I think I did get information early on that the side effect would be brain fog. So at least I knew in a sense sort of what it would look like before experiencing it. But I think for me, yeah, similar to what you said, one thing I would want to mention was that being that I have this brain fog, I can't remember everything that the doctor may have suggested or the oncologist may suggest. So making sure that they're telling me every time I'm here exactly what to do and maybe even writing it down or telling me to write it down or just giving me reminders every once in a while that this is exactly what we're going through. These are the dates of your appointments. This is the treatment we're doing just so that I can remember every step of the way, just in case I had forgotten. When you're obviously our age and you're going through treatment, there's a lot of other things you're dealing with, especially we just discussed school being in being an issue, and a lot of the times priorities may may not fall in the same place that the oncologist wants us to think. So it's the idea that there's a lot going on and the brain fog hinders that and so I need as much help from you as as, as possible. And the idea that being that I can't grasp all information maybe at once, I know there's a lot of patients that oncologists deal with, but taking the time that they have with me to discuss what they need to discuss. Are you sure you understand? Are you sure there's any no other questions or concerns? Just being sure that when they leave, they understand that I'm fine. So maybe having that confirmation that, yes, doctor this, I'm good. Thank you for taking your time. Those That's something that's very helpful is knowing that when your oncologist leaves, you're both on the same page. Okay, so today we discussed the topic of brain fog and we come up with different names being chemo brain, this new profound one of cloud of consciousness, and we just sort of discuss some of the aids and ideas that we have that hopefully can prevent the idea of brain fog and the fact that it is very common. And a lot of people and maybe studies and things suggest that maybe it's not as prominent as it is. Going through cancer, a lot of us thrivers realize that there's lapses in memory. There's trouble dealing with numbers and memory and retention. And that is completely normal. The the idea is that there are a lot of different activities and aids to help you sort of prevent and deal with this brain fog on a regular basis. And there's a lot of ways to combat it. And if there is anything to bring up to the oncologist, it is great to do it as soon as possible and to make sure that you and them are both working on the same page to help clear your brain fog as much as possible so that you can move forward with your day as clear of consciousness as possible.
0: This ends episode 58, Memory, Focus, and Decisions. Brain fog for cancer thrivers. If you have any questions or suggestions or comments, or if you simply want to share your story, do reach out through the Soar Above Cancer blog, as well as our social media accounts, which are linked in the show notes because we know that people can't remember things. That's okay. We're on the same boat here. Many smiles to you and see you next week.